I was thrilled to have a chat with a couple of legends of the speaking industry. Not speakers, but people who help speakers get booked. Now, they've been on all sides. They have worked for some of the biggest bureaus in Australia. They have run their own events company. And now they are working with speakers directly. It's a husband and wife duo. So therefore, they've got a few little secrets on what does it take to work together, live together, have a family together, all while building success. Have a listen. Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. It's showtime. 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 And now, here is your host, Warwick Merry. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Merry. Hey, now today we have a trio. So it's a duo of guests and me as a host, something that I don't often do, but am thrilled to do today. These guys come from all over the world. They've lived many parts of the world. They've run, they've been key parts of hugely, probably the biggest name speakers bureau in Australia. They have since left. They've started their own businesses. They've moved states yet again. And I'm thrilled to have Donna and Jerry on the call today. Welcome to welcome to the show. Thank you, Warwick. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. Absolute pleasure. So I'm going to start with the question I always start with, and you can answer this individually or as a team. How do you define success? I'm going to jump in with happy wife, happy life. <laughs> While it's a stereotype, there's a reason it's a stereotype. And having had a couple of wives, I know what I'm talking about. So if that's the case then, Donna, what, what, makes, what makes success for you? Well, obviously him answering it that way is <laughs> success. Well trained. Yeah, yeah right? the victims have paired off. Yeah, I had said to my mum last week that if anything ever happened to us, a relationship and we parted, I wouldn't bother about anybody else because I've just put all my energy into him. That's it. <laughs> I've said to my wife that if she leaves me, I'm coming too. <laughs> Very good. Having run an, or being part of financially successful and, and brand successful speaking bureaus, both your own, because Jerry, I know you had your own, and, and Donna, I know you were with Saxton's for quite some time. How? No? There was, there was a nod there? We were both with Saxton's. Right. And we were both with ICMI. Yeah. Okay, so you've the big two in Australia, you've been with both. So yeah. how would you define success in an industry that's loaded with speakers who tell you what success is and you can do more and have more? How would you, from, from that perspective, what, what would be success for you? Mine would be having fun in the job, big time. Um, yeah, it takes up so much of your day, you might as well have some fun. Yeah, and being able to look after family is a biggie for us, you know, so success means a, a loving relationship, family, people around us, and uh, and just being good to one another. Like that, because obviously the money helps a little bit there, but big time, like if you can be money and, and miserable, you can be rich and miserable, you can be poor and happy if we're in the middle there somewhere, um, that's, that does it for us. So when I first met you, Jerry, it was up uh, on the Sunshine Coast, I believe. Yeah. And so yeah. obviously you lived up there for a while. Now you're in Adelaide. What's what was the what's caused the move? Was it you know just a, a desire for better weather? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, with 40 degrees coming today. Yeah, <laughs> but, but better than weather than the Sunshine Coast oh, paradise. The yeah. The sure, was sure. <laughs> now we're, we're both the oldest in the family and we've got um, all of our families down here in Adelaide, minus a brother and some cousins in Queensland. And we had spoke for the two years before we moved back um, about the pool to go back. We would come back to Adelaide uh, twice a year at minimum mm -hmm. uh, just to catch up with family. And yeah, there was, we just felt the pull to come back. Um, and we love being back, love it. Love being back with family. So you can't yeah. go wrong there. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, there might, shocks. There might also be something to do with Catholic guilt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big bag to carry around. Mm. It is. Um, so, so, and I'm sensing there's a slight accent on both of you. So uh, are you, both originally from um, over in Ireland? Um, I was born in Melbourne. Um, that's her Melbourne accent. Yeah, <laughs> but my dad came out to Australia when television first started. He'd studied um, uh, telecommunication and electronics in uh, at Cambridge and um, came out to Australia and he was the first to come out and all his family came out. But when he came out, he landed with um, some Scottish families that he knew. So I was brought up when I was born out here with a Scottish accent all around me. Um, I remember one time being in a, a supermarket and my auntie was visiting from, from Adelaide. We're up in Queensland and the girl had said to me something about being Scottish and I said, I'm Australian. And my auntie clipped me around the ear, like physically. And she said, you're Scottish. You're brought up in a Scottish household. You've got a Scottish accent. You're Scottish. I was like, all right, Auntie Mary, I'm Scottish. <laughs> And I've done the biggest insult by saying Irish instead of Scottish. My apologies for that. Hey, 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 hey. My like, I'm Irish. the Irish one here. Yeah, my yeah. mum's Irish. So we're the Scottish or the Irish. Because yeah. also, your, well, your business partners, you're also life partners as well. So that's going to throw a few things into the mix. So, Jerry, were you born here? So, like, um, yeah, Belfast born um, and came out here. Like, one of the things we joke about is that, uh, you know, people were shooting at us. <laughs> So like we thought from some bit of longevity would come out here, but we came out here in the seventies. Right. Um, so that was just after the heart of the troubles. Um, and the easiest one for us, as we explain it, cause we did spend 17 years in Queensland was that they got like, how could you still have that accent? And we grew up in the North of Adelaide. So we went to the same high school as Jimmy Barnes. You know, <laughs> so yeah. and he still got his, like the area, we used to get a photograph taken with Australians. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's all Irish, English, and Scots. That's funny. And it, look, and, and it is. My my father-in-law is uh, was born in Sri Lanka and then lived in the UK, and he's been out here forty years. His Sri Lankan accent is still so strong. Right. And that's just you know that's just how it goes. You take a bit of your past with you wherever you go. Yeah, yeah kind of almost sounds like a song in that. <laughs> it does. Hey, um, so you guys have moved back to Adelaide and you've also just started a new business, Book Speakers Direct. Tell me a little bit about what that is and how it's different from a standard bureau and why you started it. Yeah. Oh, will I take this one? Yeah. Darling, yeah. see that? Awesome. First. Yeah. <laughs> I told you it's in the training. But uh, yeah, even going back a step to when we did meet up there in Queensland, and I recall it because we did lunch at the boat shed overlooking oh, the waters nice. yeah like lovely spot but yeah we we were employed by one of those uh, bureaus in 2001 um headed up to queensland and quickly found out that nobody knew about them up there but 
<laughs> you know, I used, to, I used to phone Telstra and go, have you connected the right numbers? <laughs> so, and Green knows what the whole speaking industry. But uh, that started a 12-year journey with them. And we got to know some amazing speakers along the way. Got to know the lay of the land as well. And that was all very, very good. Good fun. Um, Goalposts got changed a few times along the way, but that's business. And then, yeah, then we decided uh, no longer wanting working with them. And then we ran an events company for about three to four years. So we seen the other side of the fence. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was great to actually run the events and have a like a, a good mutual friend, an old Maxi Walker, was one of the first people we had at an event. But it was great to run the event and see people's faces and see the reaction that the speakers would get. You know, that's just gold. Um, but running an event is like running a, a wedding every month. <laughs> and that's, that's why I have a lot of newfound respect for PCOs and event planners. That you do what you do, because you're great at the detail side of things. And then the people at Saxton's, again, because we've become, become as a team, approached Don and myself, and we went work for them for three years. But there was things happening within the industry that we weren't huge fans of. Right. Oh, you know, like, um, yeah, playing favorites all the time, or, you know, charging the end client to book the speaker on this admin fee. So one side, we were taking a commission from the speaker, taking an admin fee, and it just felt like double dipping. And then we got to the stage where we couldn't even, we couldn't even really push for the people we thought was right for the job. You know, it got to the stage where that had to have 60% of exclusives in a quote, or you just couldn't generate it. And I was thinking, ah, oh, this is wrong. And then I started coming up with this concept of, you know, how about if we took the middleman out of it, you know, and just connected the speakers and the uh, event planners. You know, so when we, we've, we've been very fortunate to listen to so many great speakers on change, leadership, and even disruption now. And then when we looked at companies who have been successful going up against the established players, it's all about doing the opposite, like the very opposite. So we started thinking, what's the opposite things we could do in the speaking industry? And I thought, well, let's take the commission side out of it. You know, let's not charge the client to book a speaker. And let's take the favorites and exclusives and preferreds out of it and just give it you know, a more level playing field. And instead of saying, like, call us, it's like, well, call the speaker. I think as, you know, the, the, the days are gone where uh, like information scarcity, you know, holding on to know this one's ours, this one's mine. And like deep down, you can Google anybody and find them just about, you know, so easy. Uh, instead of hiding that information, we just wanted to give it out. And so like, here you go, and let people make their own decisions. Just like when they go to a, a travel agency, you, you know they're gonna sell you a preferred product, or there's others who just wanna jump up in there and book their own flights and off they go. Yeah, so you've been going now for about 12 months. How's it working for you? Yeah, well, six months. yeah, it's actually six months. It just feels like 12 months. It's <laughs> like a lifetime. I had hair. <laughs> Uh, that's it. You know, I actually have black hair. No, it's all grey. But nah, like it is. It's uh, six months old, so we joke that we're still sort of startup mode. Uh, six months old and 19 years in the making. But um, yeah, we're off to a flying start. You know, we've got good people on board, which is key to it. And, you know, when we look at our Google Analytics, there's like about just under 40,000 page views for that six months. So that tells us we're onto something here. 
So how do you run your own event business? And, and again, huge respect for professional conference organizers. Like, man, it's like you've got a two-day event and that's all you see, but there's so much that goes into it. So much. Swan with those feet paddling like bugger. <laughs> um, so you run your own event business. You've worked, you know, 20 years to be this overnight success. What do you reckon are some of the keys to success that you've experienced both in previous businesses in this reincarnation? The keys to success. Um, ooh, that's a goodie. I think it's working with good people, coming working from a good place. You know, I think if you're doing things with good intentions for the right people, it yeah. eventually just you know like works out right. Yeah. yeah, just being open and honest and. Um, we've always been really big on connecting people. Um, you know, um, somebody might ring up and say, oh, I'm looking for such and such. And like, particularly Jerry, because he's just got that mind, will just sort of recall, oh, there's so-and-so that can help you. So it's just it's just been a really good way that we've felt comfortable because we know the people um, and we, we can recommend them. So, yeah, connecting people has been, yeah. Yeah, is definitely something that we would think it's successful. Like-minded people... Um, yeah, being yeah, fair definitely. and honest. Like-minded people and trust. You know, so like trust is a huge one. Even like uh, the last couple of years, you get asked, what's a hot speaker topic these days? And it was trust, mm. you know, because it was almost a Royal Commission into just about every industry, you know, mm. and they were saying, you have to be more transparent. You no, know, I'll just, I'll grab one of them and I'll call the, the, the insurance um, firms and the brokers. You had then had to declare you know, what you were getting out of that, mm. you know, and we look at the banks and whatnot and the trust that they've lost with people and going like, okay, well, let's come from a place of trust and let's be transparent as, like, as transparent as possible. And mm. I think that's been successful for us. So how do you engender trust with the people that you work with? Because you would, naturally you're going to get approached by both people who are speakers and people who are looking for speakers and other elements of business who you've got no idea who they are and you can go to their website, but as we've all learned what it says on a website and what happens in real life can be two different things. Mm -hmm. So how do you build that trust and then increase that trust with the people that you're working with? Well, good one. Uh, I think from both sides of the fence, like uh, as much as we say we've taken ourselves out of it, we are still being approached and asked for our opinions. Or what do we think of this speaker and what do we think of that one? Um, and I've, over the years, we have been known to give good advice. And it's that 20 years, I suppose, of giving that advice has built up our trust on that side of it. And I believe on the other side of the speakers coming to us, they like it because it's an open platform. And I believe that creates trust as well. And the gut feeling as well. Like I'm, yeah. I'm really huge on trusting your gut in the biggest way. That was my advice when the two kids left home was, you know, whatever situation you get yourself in, if you get that wobbly feeling in your gut, step away. Yeah. yeah. And, and speak, I like to think that the clients are switched on enough that they're going to ask the right questions. You know, you, I, I think we've all, all got a built-in uh, bullshit radar. You know, because we, we, you know, we, you can have a look at websites and they can look at that, but you know, five minutes into the conversation over the phone with somebody going, something's not right here. You know, so, and I think that comes into it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you reckon is one of the biggest 
biggest areas or biggest cautionary areas that people need to look for when they're hosting an event, when they're putting on an event, be it with the speaker or the venue or whatever, what are the biggest areas that can trip people up that they just may not be aware of? Ooh, for running an event. Well, well, that's a good question. Warwick. Catering was an issue sometimes. Yeah, catering. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Like with catering, with everything that goes into an event, catering is the most common thing. And it's the thing that's so easy to get right. And yet so often people overlook it. And you're just like, just get the catering right. We've got special meals there. We've got super yummy food. Just yeah. make someone happy. Because if you get it wrong, they will not shut up about it. Uh, oh, they will not. It was famous, like when people go on a cruise and go, oh, my soup was cold. You know, yes, sure. Oh, they did. I used to be in the travel industry <laughs> and that's, that soup was cold thing actually came from those days. And yeah. somebody had come back and I used to love it when they'd come back and share all their stories and what, you know, and how was it? Oh, the soup was cold. And I'm like, <laughs> that was seven days ago. I thought, oh, did you say anything to the chef? No. Yeah. Can, can I share a quick story that, like a true story that happened is that, um, one of the first events, <laughs> Donna knows where I'm going with this, Egg Gate. It's called Egg, Egg Gate. We call it Egg Gate. Yeah, because we took George Negus to Gladstone, right? So we took him on a bit of a road trip to Gladstone and Mackay and Townsville. And um, so <laughs> we get to uh, the Gladstone and they have a, they're building a new entertainment center there. So they had a big marquee one down by the water. We would have people from Gladstone phone up and go, we're outside the Rex building. Where are you? And I go, you live here. <laughs> Surely you know what's going on. That was the first little sign something was wrong. And then there was a big mixing desk that the guy could have had in excess on stage. But could he get George Negus's laptop to work? Nah. You know, and he wrapped up late. So another little warning was gone off. But the classic of all classics, we sat down to have this breakfast, which was eggs and bacon and sausages and beans, you know, whatever. But you seriously couldn't break the eggs. And I, I, I'm, it, like, a, it looked like yeah, a Friday. Yeah, yeah. Now you'd be thinking, oh, yeah, you're just gone over the top of this. But you'd take your knife into the egg, the fried egg, and think you're not breaking. <laughs> you're not breaking. And then I would look around the tables, and sausages were flying off where people could not break into these eggs. And I'm going, this is just not even humanly possible. <laughs> and the mayor was sitting next to George Negus. She said, I'm really sorry about this. And George would have gone, I've never come across this in my life. It was almost as if they cooked them the night before, sprayed them with epoxy paint, and put them on the roof <laughs> overnight. It was, <laughs> it was like, and anybody I would phone afterwards and go, I like George Negus was great, but what was with those eggs? <laughs> so it was egg cake. <laughs> Oh, and George was brilliant. He had so many stories to share, but it was the eggs. I think he's probably telling them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, now he's got the egg story to share. Isn't it? It's, it is those little things that you can easily do. Yeah. That it just, that's what sticks with people. Not um, what a great speaker in a time of need, blah, 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 but not the eggs. So we had one incident, sorry, I'm reveling knife, but uh, we had one incident where there was a lady who was teetering on the mad side. <laughs> and I really didn't want that lady coming to our event. And the lady who was speaking was kind of also teetering on the mad side. You know, when, as you say, when some speakers, everything looks right, but then you're going, oh, where's this going? And you just want that, that big um, coat hanger. <laughs> off stage. Yeah, but next thing, she, she took a couple of questions and she took a question from 
said other person who was a bit loose in, <laughs> in this state of mind. And they think, yes, please come up on stage. And then both of them were there. And I was just thinking, this is not happening. That's why I love PCUs. An event organizer said, that's your problem. <laughs> but that was ours. As an MC, it's like, I was gonna ask, yeah. you've got to have that skill set of how do I politely get these people off stage in a way that they're happy to go. Yeah, oh, totally. Exactly. Like, and politicians are the other one. Politicians yeah. are given a five-minute spot and they don't care. They just keep going. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. I, I wonder if we can get the stage with the MC and they can just give you a little electric prod. Because yeah. <laughs> you can't play the wind-up music. <laughs> Usually what I'll do is I'll say, hey, if you see me standing at the edge, start wrapping up. As I walk towards you, really finish. If I'm standing next to you, end whatever you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I've had to interrupt some people and it's just yeah. like, how how much more politeness can I give you? Yeah. Hell off. So. But that, that's the sorry. The I was going to add. Sorry, that MC is really important as well. So even through our times in speakers bureaus, and we were trying to introduce the idea of an MC when the client was giving us the rundown of the event, and we were saying you really need an MC. Oh no, no, that the managing director will do it. No, 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 that seriously, no, yeah, no. and like tried hard a lot. To, yeah, get, uh, get an MC in there. And look, it's, it's uh, from personal experience, MCs are a hard sell. They Usually there's a big bucket of money for speakers and whatever you get left over, you might spend on an MC. But once you've had a professional MC, people are like, ah, so that's what it's like. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, even going back to like the event organizer with a good MC, they just relax. Yeah. They do. He, he's got this, we can go do about our other stuff. I'm very privileged. There's a couple of PCOs that when they know that, that I'm the MC, they go, oh, great. I don't worry about that anymore. Don't worry about that. That's going to happen. It's good. Yes. So I'm hey, um, back to you though. I'm, I'm really interested. What are some of the things that you wish you knew about business and life earlier? What's a couple of things you think, oh mate, if only I knew this 20 years ago. No, where to start? <laughs> like, I've tried to have my um, hindsight removed. Mm -hmm. I've actually gone to the doctors and gone, this does, nothing but pain for me hindsight i want more foresight and less of this hindsight thank you yep. um any vision about a 10 10 will do <laughs> yeah be more than happy with that yeah. um i wish i'd have started this a long time ago okay is that um i think i heard a lot of speakers around the time going you know it needs change you know so i wish we had it done change earlier i wish i knew more about technology um and different sort of um, programs and learn more skills on things like LinkedIn and, and you know, social media stuff as well. Um, I'm learning as I go, we were at a workshop on Monday night as well. Um, we did sort of question, you realize this is you know, Monday of a long weekend? Yes, yes, yes. Yep, so us and 19 other people did actually turn up, which was terrific. Uh, um, yeah, and learned a bit through that. And that was from one of our Adelaide-based speakers, Sally Curtis. Um, it's a great workshop too, yeah. but yeah. And the, and the marketing game's changing all the time. It's changing. Yeah. You know, um, and even that direct marketing, digital marketing, it's it's a new space, and I think it is is the way to go. Branding with transparency, and then yeah, the digital marketing side is quite phenomenal. Yeah, we we'll give that to somebody else. You guys have worked together for quite some time. Yep seem to still like each other. That's a good thing in a relationship. Yeah. Some of the secrets to like, because for example, 
I've sworn I will never work with my wife in a business again after because the first wife and I did work together in a business. Hence, the second wife and I won't be doing that. So some of your secrets for how how do you make it work if you're spending all this time together where you don't want to throttle each other? (laughs) It's a very unique situation. I sleep with one eye open. (laughs) And and when I wake up and Donna's got the pillow, I say, like, put it down, but not on me, just, just to the side a little. And I say that it's only because he makes me laugh that I'm still around. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. if you could send material to me, that'd be great. I'm starting to run out. We laugh a lot. Yeah, we laugh a lot. Yeah, we laugh a lot. And um, I don't know. We understand it's, it's unique. Uh, we get that. Um, we see other couples that we know that would never happen. Um, it's just like spending time together, work. <laughs> we have a meeting every day. Um, and we map out what we're going to do and we check up on each other and um, the IT guy as well. Um, And then once a week we um, have a chat to our digital marketing guy, which we'll be doing straight after this. So we just um, check in with each other a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I've taken up back on the bike cycling and Donna said that's the best hour or two of our day. So good, like, just keep going. You need, it tells me I need to work on my distance. <laughs> just keep going. Yeah. Jerry talks a lot, and so, yeah. Melbourne's not that far. Just keep, yeah, going. Just keep going. Exactly. You can do it. It's a, it's a lovely time of day. <laughs> it's full of encouragement. Two weeks later. Oh, you're back already. Yes. <laughs> he did a charity ride up to Townsville. That was just bliss. That took two weeks. Oh, my God. And anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Superb. Hey, look, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great just having a chat with you. If people want to get in touch and find out more about Book Speakers Direct or just, you know, have a a chat with you about how do you stay married and work together or anything like that. (laughs) Just visit bookspeakersdirect.com or ring Jerry on (laughs) 0413-144-068. For guidance, counselling, phone donor. Speakersdirect.com is the best way to get in touch with them. All the details. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great chatting with you. Thank, thank you, Warwick. Warwick. It's been terrific. Thanks for asking us. Absolute yeah. pleasure. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at GetMoreSuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. GetMoreSuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening and until next time, enjoy your success.